Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to Secrets of the Side Hustle with me, Scarlett Russell, entertainment editor of the Sunday Times Style. This podcast was created so I could sit down and have conversations with inspiring female founders about their career stories. And for us, it was people were seeing exactly what they were sending because they were buying it. They were buying the pads. We said, we want this and this and this. And they said, OK, use their own money, bought it, sent it to us. Spanning industries from fashion and tech. No one had ever said to me, you can work in technology. My idea of what it was to work in technology was to be a software engineer and, you know, write lines of code, create software. To publishing and food. I was so poor, I couldn't, I remember looking at the cupboard because I couldn't afford any food. I remember looking at the cupboard and being like, huh, what can I make from what's right here? Each week we'll discuss the practicalities of starting a business from scratch. It's actually the most difficult part of the side hustle because that's what takes up the time. So that's real, you know, I literally do everything at the moment. I'll be delving into the personal and professional experiences of turning a side hustle into a thriving career. Today's guest is Michelle Scott Lynch. Michelle is 47 and her side hustle is Bouclen, a range of products for curly hair. So Michelle, can you just start by briefly explaining your career trajectory and how Bouclen came about? Yeah, so um, I didn't really do the conventional thing and go to university. I kind of was too busy socialising um, and didn't work hard enough. So I didn't go to university and just kind of started working in various places. And I guess my career, the, the majority of my career, um, was um, in music. I was 21 and I saw an advert in The Guardian for um, a marketing assistant at a record company. And four interviews later, I got it. So wow. it was really exciting. Um, and actually, so I started off as a marketing assistant there at East West Records, which is part of Warner Music. Um, and then I went into club promotions. Perfect job for being in your 20s. I was literally driving up and down the M1, giving acetates to Pete Tong, Sasha, John Digweed. And I worked for Paul Oakenfold. Awesome. Um, yeah, for a while. Um, so I spent like 10 years um, working in music. And um, by the time I left, um, when I was 30, I was like a senior product manager looking after um, people like Nelly, um, Mary J. Blige. Um, yeah, loads of different stereo MCs I'd worked with as well. So yeah, that was... Um, my career and I actually left when I was 30 um, because I was training um, to be a homeopath I was really into an alternative medicine um, and treating myself using um, homeopathy and had been doing that since I was 24 so kind of left music to kind of concentrate on that and that seems like quite a natural progression into the beauty industry into the wellness industry so when did it start where did the idea come from so, well, I was blessed with curly hair. <laughs> yes, your hair is very curly, we should say. It's beautiful. Um, and um, didn't, didn't feel much like a blessing for most of my life, to be honest. Um, but I think 
I must have, well, I was about 30. Um, no, no, hold on. Let me just work out how old was I. I had had my children. Yeah, no, it was about 30. I had been straightening my hair from like 20 to 30. Um, and I'd actually read Malcolm X's autobiography and he talked about um, conking his hair, which is basically relaxing hair. Um, and in those days, they used a thing called lye and it, they still did use that in relaxes, but not to the same degree. And basically this whole process of where it basically burns your scalp to just kind of make your hair straight. Um, and he talked about how it was um, like a form of self-degradation and it really resonated with me. I really thought it's, he was saying this is what people, what black people are doing to basically fit in with white society. Wow. And so for me, it really resonated at that point in my life. And I was like, that's exactly what I'm doing. Why am I doing this? And from that moment, I stopped straightening my hair and I've never straightened my hair since. Um, and... Um, and so when, once I started to embrace my curls, I started to look into products, um, you know, what's going to work. And also because I was really into natural health, I wanted clean natural products. And most of the products were American. There weren't very many English. None of them were clean. Um, and this also kind of coincided with the Internet kind of really coming into the fore and it was the first time there was a platform where curly people were sharing information about how they look after their hair and I learned so much it was such a rich resource resource for me um and so I started investigating ingredients um that were great for curly hair um and then I started kind of playing around in my kitchen like making flaxseed gels and conditioners and stuff um and I was just kind of playing at that point and thinking, oh, this would be quite an interesting thing to do. But it wasn't until I was 40 and I went to New York um, for my birthday and I went to a curly-specific salon. First time in my life that I'd been to a salon. Yeah, which I didn't, was, even, didn't even know those existed. Yeah, exactly. Um, they, don't, they didn't. They didn't hear, that's for sure. And um, I went in and it was the first time I went into a salon and had a positive experience. I came out not crying, not upset about the fact that I spent £200 on my hair looks like crap um, I felt amazing my hair was bouncy I looked great everybody in the salon treated me in a way that was respectful and actually um, wow your hair you've got amazing curly hair no one was I think I've had experiences before where you kind of there are people like looking at hair thinking mm, not really sure I'm going to deal with mm. this um, so it was really positive and then I kind of came away from that thinking this is amazing why is this not happening in the UK um, and that was the catalyst for me to start. I'm going to do this myself. Yeah, as you as you explain it, it's so obvious how there was such a big gap in the market. I remember being at. I do think all the beauty industry is often historically skewed towards straight hair, and it hasn't really embraced sure, curly hair. Yeah. And I know a lot of one of my friends in particular has curly hair. And she's always struggling to find hairdressers to find products. There's one hairdresser in Notting Hill that she found it was so expensive. There's no like high street alternative, whereas most high streets will have six or seven hairdressers but not actually specifically for curly hair i remember her at school literally ironing her hair with an iron <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> sounds familiar <laughs> and that's so bad for your hair yeah, isn't it it's it's really bad for your hair because curly hair's um dry naturally anyway much yeah, drier it's much yeah. drier naturally and it needs much more moisture you know like the whole frizz thing frizz is basically a sign that your hair lacks moisture and if you get that um, moisture balance right then your hair will turn into it will turn into a wave it will turn into a curl so it's really basically about getting that balance right and using products that um, give moisture but don't weigh it down so 
often like historically a lot of the products were really petroleum based mineral oils silicones which actually just weigh your hair down and so they can change the color of your hair changes the bounce of your hair changes the pattern of your hair so it's really about finding that right balance mm. um, and every curly head is completely unique no one is the same so what works for one person doesn't necessarily work for another so it's about finding your sweet spot i can see how this would have grew into a bit of a pattern and you're playing around as you say with the ingredients and reading up about it and then it organically turns into this business yeah did you think at this point then this is there's something here and i can make it i can make a career out of this or i can make a side hustle out of this i really didn't know i really didn't know i just felt it just it just felt right it just felt like i've got to give this go and i've got to try and it and i i was really blessed in that i met like one of my good friends, she introduced me to a girl called Chloe um, who has her own um, bath and body care range and she had worked for the cow shed, um, for Soho House, helping to create cow shed. Um, and so my, my good friend introduced me to Chloe. We had a conversation. Chloe introduced me to this amazing guy down in Somerset who made, made the products and I had this <laughs> I had this amazing journey where I had to drive down to Somerset to meet him. I left my house at like half five in the morning. It was pitch black in the winter. And as I got to Glastonbury, there was like this haze and Glastonbury Tour was like floating on this little <laughs> island. I was like, this is it. It's a sign. <laughs> it's a sign. It's meant to be. Um, and I actually, uh, and it was a really great meeting and we just connected and he really understood it and he got it. And we basically got to work in like making products based on ingredients that I had re um, researched and we kind of tweaked it and he'd send me samples and I'd be like, yeah, this needs to be tweaked. And that went back and forth. I mean, it took two years to really? come up with three products. Really? And we only launched, we launched with a curl cleanser, uh, a curl conditioner and a gel um, back in 2014, at the end of 2014. And um, yeah, it took two years. And then when it got to a point where the samples were right and I loved them, then I basically took them to... Um, I got a group of 20 women with different types of curl, got them into my living room and I said, right, here's some samples, here's a sheet, just keep it anonymous, but I want to hear your feedback, I want to hear what you mm. think. And then when I got the results back and it was like 9 out of 10, I was like, this is it, I'm onto it. How did you find those women, your focus group? How did you go about finding that? <laughs> I literally approached women in the street. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. I was like, there was this one woman, I went... I'm really sorry, but and I'd seen her around where I lived, and she had this most amazing red, thick, curly hair. I was like, I'm really, really sorry, but I'm I'm launching this curly hair brand, and I'd really love you to try some 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 samples and let me know your thoughts. And she was like, Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. And it's amazing how people are really actually, um, generally into helping or you know, particularly curly hair people because they're all desperate to find the right products, mm. having had years of not being able to find things that work. So they were like ripe for the picking. And this two years of going back and forth with this guy, making them, testing them, making sure they're okay. How was that funded? All by me, self-funded. Self-funded. So were you working at this point or was the savings? How were you balancing that all? So I wasn't working. I was at home with my two kids. Um, so basically, I took money out of my house. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So you must have been extremely passionate, very invested to, yes. to take a risk like that. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I was really fortunate that my husband really backed me yeah yeah he fully backed me and um and he was working so it meant that our day-to-day -day lives his 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 salary would cover that um and but yeah he fully backed me and we just kind of took the plunge and how old are your kids so my eldest is she's 13 and my youngest is 11 okay wow. really tricky age <laughs> 
really emotionally <laughs> challenging. I read that it was when they um, their hair was naturally curly. That's uh, was another catalyst for you being inspired to embrace your own curls. Absolutely, yeah. So my eldest, so both my girls have got very different types of curls. So my eldest, Bella, she has um, quite thick hair, like me. Um, and I remember her being at school. She must have been about five or six and her coming home saying that she hated her hair. She hated having curly hair and she wished it was straight. Mm. And I was kind of like, yeah, that that's where that was my life. That was my story. And I really don't want you to have that. I really want you to be able to look in the mirror and feel beautiful and not feel like you have to change the way you look in order to feel good about yourself. So, yeah, it was totally a catalyst for me, wow. just her experience. And proud to say i mean and we've been it's been a journey with her trying to mm. um get her to do to to really embrace it but she's getting there she's Amazing. really getting there and so right back to your business to launching it so you've got you've got this focus group that's come back to say we love the product what happens next so once they came back and said they love the products i was like okay it's all systems go then it was a case of um the website the design of the packaging um PR, all of those things, I had to then start thinking about how we were going to do that. Had you got a name for it for your company by this point? Um, Bouclem is very unusual. It's a lovely name. Yes, yes. I didn't, I I had a name and I didn't like the name. What was the name? The original name was We Love Curls. Oh, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, it just didn't really work. And, okay. so, and so I had a friend doing some design work on it and it just didn't really... I kind of brought that to the focus group as well, actually. Um, and I could see that it was a really lukewarm response to that. And I was like, okay, I'm not sure this is going to work. Okay, so then I met this guy called Simon. So I was introduced to him by somebody else. And Simon is like the dream of all dreams when it comes to designers. He's amazing. Um, and he really shared my vision and he was really passionate um, about getting it right. And so we basically talked about um, the spiral, you know, how to kind of include the spiral to make it work and to like really reflect that it was something curly. And the same way that the name came about. Um, for me, it was really important. The original name was We Love Curls. I really wanted curly to be in the name. But you can't trademark something that's kind of descriptive of the product if that if that if you know what i mean so you can't have a shampoo called hair do, do you see what i mean you oh, can't right. have something like that it has to be um different and loads of curly things were taken so then i started googling curly in different languages and boucle in french is curly so bouclem came about because it's a hybrid of boucle in french and michelle Lovely. So it's got that personal touch yes. as well. Yeah. Okay. And was the feedback positive on that from the women you? Yes. Hundred percent. Everybody loved it. Yeah. And the thing with the packaging um, as well at that time is um, Simon, because we had our fragrance, which was all um, it's made from essential oils, um, and we had things like magnolia, citrus, mm. sweet mandarin and Simon basically took the colour palette and felt inspired by the essential oils and so that's why we've got like a, an, an orange and a lemon and, and a pink and it's kind of all kind of came together like that really. Wow, okay. So what did you then do to get it off the ground and get other people to know about it? So I basically had did a photo shoot it was really important that I wanted um, curly imagery on the website, so I had to get... I didn't want to take stock images. I wanted to create my own. It was really important. So did you still have the three, just the three key just products? Three key products. Right. And um, so I wanted to do a photo shoot, and I just basically Googled um, beauty photographers, and 
I came across a lady called Elise DeMonte and she had some really beautiful imagery and I was like, she's the one, she's the one I want to work with. So I contacted her um, and said, look, I'm launching this curly hair brand. Um, I don't, I'm, I'm sure you're used to big budgets. I don't have a big budget. Will you work with me? And she actually did. She cut her rate for me to work with me. Um, and we did... Um, a photo shoot in in town and we had two models um and then she introduced me to a lady called rachel who works at fluorescent pr and um i met rachel she got the brand because she was curly herself <laughs> um and basically we kind of started coming up with a with a strategy to kind of go to market um and it was basically launching on the website was the key thing but also we had contacted a lady called Imelda um, who works at Content Beauty so Content Beauty is like a real it's kind of like a cult store for clean beauty she has all the best um, natural brands from across the globe um, and she had a small store in Marylebone and at the time that I was launching she was doing a great British beauty campaign so the stars aligned we sent some products she loved the brand and basically featured us um, in her store. And also she used to write for The Telegraph. She did the green edit on the, in The Telegraph. Um, and yeah, that basically was the starting point. And we launched in October online mm. and sales just kind of trickled in slowly. I mean, that's a really good example of how important it is to get press early on and what that can do to elevate your product, especially in the beauty industry. Because the beauty press is really well well respected and varied and you know, heavy going here. So most of the people we've had on the Slightly Tussle podcast, though, have done their own PR. They've either had contacts or they've just cold called people. So I'm interested in how you would go about finding a PR that works, how you know, because you, you've interviewed a couple that didn't feel quite right. So do you have to go a lot on instinct? Yeah, I think I think everything I've done with my business has been intuitive. Um, and if it doesn't feel right, like if I'm having a conversation and I'm explaining to you my passion and my business and I, I'm not feeling the same passion back, then I know. Then I know that you're just not really grasping it and I'm just another brand. Mm. Um, and obviously when I met Rachel and she had curly hair, she understood the the plight. She understood what what we've all been through. So she could help me create the story um, that we wanted to come to to, to, to the public with. Um, and so it just naturally, instinctively felt right. And the press just grew from there. You've been featured in lots of lots of magazines, haven't you? Yeah, we have. I mean, it wasn't easy straight off um, because a lot of beauty editors have got straight hair, um, so not necessarily that interested. Um, but yeah, they did, they did an amazing job. Rachel's done an amazing job, and we've had we've been featured in all sorts of Vogue, uh, Stylist, mm. um, Glamour, Marie Claire loads amazing loads and loads. Yeah. amazing so are you selling the products online by this point are they, are they available yeah to buy? they're, they're available okay. to buy on they were available to buy online and in content beauty and those are the only two places at that point and they all use natural products so am i right it's organic so products. we use some organic ingredients but basically we um the the core basis of our products is that they are um plant-based so they range from 96 to 99 percent naturally derived wow how does that affect the cost and how do you land on a price point 
it does affect the cost quite a lot. Mm-hmm. And also at that point, I was making really small batches. Um, like a lot of labs were, you know, the minimum order quantity is like 5K per unit. Um, where I, When I had met my cosmetic chemist, he worked much smaller batches. So it was this all, is the guy in Glastonbury. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, so he would happily do 200 um, of each unit for me. So it was, I could kind of uh, manage the risk, if you see what I mean. Um, and so... Because also you're making small batches, the quantities that you're buying from a raw material um, specialist are also going to be high. So it was it was quite difficult um, to get that balance right um, because I really didn't want to compromise on the ingredients. It was really important that the ingredients were right. Um, so we basically kind of worked out when you work with a lab, they often have other brands that might use some of the same ingredients as you. So we kind of had to kind of see if there's any ways that we could kind of mirror what other people were using as well so that we kind of keep costs down. And what is the general price point for your product? So um, one of the important things I'd say is that all our products are generally 300 mil. Um, most um, hair care is 200 to 250. So we, we've catered for that that extra bit of product that curly haired ladies always need. Um, so they range from £15 um, for a cleanser to £26 for a treatment. So I think, you know, premium, but not not, extor- not extortionate. No, not at all. And how many products do you have now? Oh my God, I knew, I knew you'd ask me that question. <laughs> um, I'm going to have to just list them because I can't actually remember. But <laughs> okay, so I'll count them, you yeah. list. Okay, okay. <laughs> curl cleanser, hydrating hair cleanser, curl conditioner, um, curl cream, gel, super hold styler, intensive moisture treatment, revive five hair oil. Um, yeah, and there's one to come next week so that's eight and the ninth is on the way ninth is on the way fantastic yeah. wow okay so clearly that it's taken legs and it's gone going really quickly how aside from the press what else really helped to boost the business um it just seemed to i mean we've had 100 percent growth year on year um which is pretty pretty good mm-hmm. um and it just seems to have naturally gathered momentum um I guess being a beauty brand now with Instagram and social, it's much easier to present yourself. And I think one of the key things that we had going for us is that I'm a curly haired person selling curly products to curly people where at that time there weren't really any other UK curly brands. They were mostly American. Um, and, And also any kind of some of the bigger, you know, Unilever P and G style brands, curly hair people just won't buy just don't buy into it they just know that it's another brand another company just trying to sell products they don't really there's no real meaning behind the products that they're putting out whereas i feel like with buclem we've resonated with our audience because i understand it you know i i fully understand and i fully know um what it means to be curly every day and 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 how you've from the experience that you've you've had in salons to the choice in products that you can buy. This is just backtracking slightly. Sorry if we went over it, but you, it was sold via your website initially yeah. and content beauty. Content beauty. So how did you get into content? If it was just you and you were so small, how did you get into content beauty in the first place? Well, she because she was doing this... Um, um, this great beauty, British beauty campaign. And so we were like this new British hair care brand that, that she um, wanted. Um, and then because we were in content and because they've got quite a cult 
following mm. other clean beauty um stores around the globe then started getting in contact so then basically i um got picked up with by a few other places in like in america san francisco wow. um, and um also in europe um and then i think i can't even remember when it was now but at some point space nk came on board um incredible <laughs> we're not with space nk anymore though okay but, <laughs> but it was quite it was an interesting time at that time um and that came about i mean it just really goes to show actually um how connections that you you know mm. and happening at the right time is really quite key um and rachel had been working with a journalist at glamour called um julia who had curly hair and so she was one of the first journalists with curly hair that kind of embraced Buclem and still buys it now Um, and she doesn't work glamour glamour anymore but basically um, she has her own brand which was also in Space NK and she had a meeting with one of the buyers at Space NK and she'd just been to this hairdresser that I had kind of been working with um, and had her hair done so she was going into this meeting with her hair done and this hairdresser uses my products and the lady was like the buyer was like wow your hair looks amazing Um, and she was like well let me tell you <laughs> and told her all about Buclem and um, I got an email from from Space NK and that kind of led to that Here's a cool fact A crocodile can't stick out its tongue Another cool fact You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Wow, so you were stocked in Space NK We were for stocked in Space NK um, for a couple of years, I think it was. Um, it wasn't, in hindsight, it wasn't the right thing for us because they really focus on big brands who've got big budgets. Mm. We are a tiny independent, which is me. Currently, it's me, Lisa, Nat, our PR team and our social team. That's it. And... I would say even Lisa and Nat are consultants. They don't work, you know, they're, they're freelance, they work for themselves. So fundamentally, it all still lies on my shoulders. And Nat is your social media strategist. Nat is our brand um, our brand and marketing manager. Brand and marketing. And Lisa's our sales and uh, marketing as Fantastic. well. Fantastic. And yeah. how much do you sell per month, per, per year? Do you have any idea? So um, we are at the coming to the end of our fifth year and we are about to hit a million pound revenue. That 
is amazing. Yeah. Wow, congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. And at which point were you starting to pro- make profit then, see some of this money come back? I think it was um, the, the end of year three. Um, yeah, end of year three, we started to make profit. But, you know, even when you're making profit, it's like minimum and it all just goes back into the business. It's not like you're uh, you're sitting there thinking, right now I can take some money back out. No, mm. because we're self-funded, we've had no investment at all. Wow. Um, and basically all the money that we do make just goes straight back into the business. Do you ever think about trying to find outside investment? Has that been a I, You know... I've had that question so many times and I had never really um, worked out why I didn't have an investor. And then the other day, I read there's a new business that's kind of moved into the offices that we're in and I was reading their story online and they are a new startup business and it's about feminine wellness Mm -hmm. and they had five billion, no, five million dollars investment and when I read that, I just, I, I, it, it all kind of clicked in my head. I was like, the reason why I haven't done that is because I would not sleep at night. There's no way I would sleep Too at night. Too much pressure. Too much pressure. Mm. So for me, I kind of now, in hindsight, can look back and go, we haven't gone for fast growth. We've gone for slow growth, but I'm fully in control and I can sleep at night. That's, which is important that's really interesting <laughs> stress levels are already really high <laughs> so tell me a little bit about how you do make it work you're, you've got two girls you've got a husband how do you juggle because you know you are doing everything yourself so yeah. I can imagine it being when it's your own business it's your baby like this it's, it's 24 7 right you never really stop thinking about the business so how does that inflict in your personal life and how do you balance it all with being a mum yeah doing all of that so you know I think at the beginning it wasn't it was okay because it it was just kind of growing slowly. Mm. But I'd say probably in the last 18 months to a year, it's kind of really kind of ramped up. Um, and because I had, because I was trying to just kind of manage everything myself, um, it kind of got to the point where it's it became more stressful because I was kind of bogged down in the in the daily details of like customer queries and stuff like that when really I should be kind of taking a step back and strategizing and working out what what should we be doing what aren't we doing well um so so for me it was really hard kind of managing my family managing the business and I think it was the beginning of this year I kind of had um a temp in um to help me do some it's kind of like order order processing. Oh my god, it was just a nightmare. I mean, trying to find decent staff is is like the hardest part of running a business. Trying to find good, uh, committed, dynamic, uh, creative um, people, I found a, a real struggle. So I had a temp working with me, and it was just real tooth extraction. And I was I kind of stepped out of the office and went for a walk to get something to to eat and I was like Michelle what the hell are you doing running a nearly a million pound business with you you and a couple of consultants what Mm. are you doing and it was at that point I was like right okay you're just gonna have to find a way to find an operations manager so we've just recruited for an operations manager they're starting at the end of September um, and that person will look after all the logistics so forecasting um, order processing customer queries all of that stuff they'll take care of because at the moment I'm doing all of that wow. as well as all the other bits um, and, and you're fun- all of this you'll be able to pay for all of this through li- people, just through the business just through the business yeah. for people buying products yeah exactly amazing exactly um, and then we are now also looking for a marketing assistant okay. um, to come onto the team and help with that. Because I'm also going onto Instagram answering 
you know, oh, I've got 4A hair and I don't know what to use. And, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, it's like all those queries that I'm kind of answering. As And, and I, at this point, I feel like actually I need to kind of step back a bit. We, we've hit five years. Where, where are we going? Mm-hmm. What are the next steps? Um, what are the new products that we want to we, we, we create? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so... so- being able to bring in people that you trust and that are good that must help your stress levels then yeah 100% lot, really Lisa and Nat have been mm. and Gemma not forgetting Gemma have been massively like a, such a huge help um, and really you know Nat's come in and just kind of organised systems for me which I just didn't have time to do before mm. so we've got systems in place and Lisa's basically helped us kind of really um, look at how we um we keep our audience um, and find new audiences um, and doing it in a kind of really cool and creative way. How do you manage things when things do get rough, when there's you're going through a bad phase at work, something a, a challenging aspect? How, how do you deal with it? Um, when there's challenging things at work, I I kind of basically will use therapy, I've definitely would recommend seeing a therapist. Okay. Can really help um if you're feeling like you know things are getting on top and you can't, you know, because basically I'm trying to be a good mom, I'm trying to be um uh, a great business person and if I feel like I'm failing at those things, who's going to pick me up? Who's going to who's bolstering me? Who's putting me back together? Um and actually sometimes it's just talking to somebody who can kind of be objective about your life and and say well, why did you choose to do that? Why didn't you choose to do this? Mm. Um, so that's been really helpful. Um, massage. Mm. A monthly massage makes a massive difference because the old neck and shoulders are killing at times. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then sometimes, you know, just self-care in terms of like just running a hot bath. And I love Aromatherapy Associates. They have these amazing bath oils and just literally pouring a, a capful into the bath, getting my Kindle. Um, I read a lot every night. I use I read before I go to bed. It's the way I kind of shut my, my, my mind down before I go to sleep. Um, and it's just little things like that basically just helped kind of kind of keep me even keeled. And if there's something... Um, for instance, like Brexit, this is a big, massive issue in terms of business. I don't know, you know, I, I'm learning my business as I go. Um, so all the challenges that are thrown at me, I'm literally learning on the on the fly. Mm. Um, and so things like that, I'll reach out to other friends or um, Richard, my lab, my, my cosmetic guy, and kind of ask him his opinions um, and kind of, you know, try and source information that way. Um so yeah, it's kind of like sourcing from your um, your your kind of circle, your of network, network. yeah, yeah, um, and then basically just self care. Self care is really important. Has there been a moment you've talked about some really amazing highs in the business that's just really gone from strength to strength? But has there ever been a moment where it was scary, where you thought I've done this wrong or I've made a mistake or anything that you look back and it was a rough time, but you came through it? Yeah, I, I had a situation at the beginning of this. Well, it, it had been going on for about a year, actually, where um, we were looking to redesign our website and um, we kind of approached this company, which um, in hindsight was just never use somebody that doesn't come recommended Good really, tip. really important ask your friends look for people that come recommended um, and we basically used this company um, and it was I think I basically had given them I'd pay they, they basically wanted payment like a 50% up front and then they kind of 
were really slow in delivering the work. It's a really long story, mm-hmm. but to cut a long story short, a year later, the website still wasn't complete. And when they came back to me with a landing page, some of the things weren't right um, that we had kind of talked about, but they wanted full payment. Um, and fundamentally, I lost £7,000. Wow. Yeah. Scary. Yeah. But I walked away. Mm. I could have kept, basically, each time they'd given me a time deadline that they were going to be ready by and they'd missed it. They never actually kept to it. And I kept kind of, I remember in August last year saying, you know what? No, I, I want out, but I allowed myself to be convinced to stay. And I stayed against my better judgment. Um, and then, you know, when I flagged up the, the last lot of problems at the beginning of this year, um, and they kind of like, well, we can sort it out. And I was thinking, no, you can't. Actually, no, you can't. You've had a year and you haven't sorted it out and I'm going to walk away. Mm-hmm. And sure, you, you know, you lost some money, but actually in the long term, it was much better for you to just cut your losses. And, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, because that that whole year of stress of, you know, going back and forth. Um, yeah, I mean, it was really it was really quite stressful because mm. um, all I, you know, I just wanted what we had discussed. Um, and yeah, they just couldn't get it together so I suppose this relates back to what you said about the importance of having people around you that you trust and going with your instincts and you have to be able to rely on people yeah when you're on holiday do you completely cut off as well or do you find yourself logging into work emails Uh, this year I'd say was the first year that I really haven't been able to um switch off because when you work in retail we're doing Christmas right now. Right, right. Um, so all our Christmas packaging needed to be sorted. Um, you know, all the components to go into the kits needed to be sorted. So, yeah, no, I, I, I found it really difficult, actually. And so what I do is I kind of like arrange with my husband, but I'm going to have an hour and it's going to be, and I tell my team I'm going to be available from nine till 10 in the morning and I'll go through all my emails, um, reply to anything urgent, anything else can be left or the other t- the team can pick up. Um, but yeah, so... You don't fully switch off because every day you have to do a little bit of something. Have you got any tips for being organised? How you organise your day properly? I um, I'm a massive note taker. I've got millions of notebooks, um, so I write lists all the time and I write notes all the time. Um, I find that really helps. The only problem that I have now is I've got so many notebooks when I'm trying to <laughs> quickly reference what I need, what I'm looking for. <laughs> I can never find it. Um, so yeah, I find that that really helps. Um, and yeah, I think really when you're st- when you start to work with the team, you really need to have like weekly meetings. And sometimes if like with like with, when the operations person starts, it might be daily meetings. You know, so you catch mm-hmm. up quickly in the morning and you kind of go right, okay, what's what are you doing today? Um, so that everybody's on the same page. Um, so I think that's really important in terms of being an org- organised and keeping the business running smoothly. Mm. Um, otherwise, people, you kind of lose track of who's doing what and where they're at with it. Mm. Um, and I think because it's been solely me for so long, it's not really my strong point because I'm not really a manager. If you know what I mean? I don't really have great managerial skills and so it's something I'm kind of learning. Right, so you have to learn that on the job. Yeah. But do you, do you find you just learn as you go then? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I just kind of... Yeah, that's all you can do is learn as you go. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So what advice would you give to anyone who wants to start their own business or they have a beauty side hustle? What would you tell them? So basically, I'd say it's really important not just to, not to launch a beauty business just because you think it's nice. You know, actually really research your audience. Is there a need? 
Mm-hmm. Is there really a need for this? And, and, and if there is, um, how, and if there's other products around, how do you differentiate from them? What is your USP? That's really important, being able to, to, to cite that. Um, and, um, and yeah, and you don't have to, like, I think a lot of people think, right, I need to have a full range. I need to have 20, you know, you don't. You can launch with one cult beauty item Mm -hmm. you know um so don't feel like you have to have investment um if you can self-fund it do it because then you're fully in control um and um yeah so if you just want to if you just want to launch with one two you can totally do that um and there are labs who will work with small startups if your story resonates with them so there's plenty of places to, to find people who will make small minimum order quantities so that you really minimize the risk financially how, how do you go about finding them oh google right yeah okay. literally google or oh, and if you've got i mean some people actually already might work in beauty so mm. you know have a look in your circle of your, your network of, of people your friends um you never know who who might know somebody that might be able to to kind of help and Buclem is coming up to its fifth year which is very exciting yes how are you going to celebrate? Well, we're launching in Selfridges in <gasps> September. That is so I exciting. Know. I know. Do you know what? Selfridges has always been the store. It's mm. my personal favourite store. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to buy beauty products, I will go to, to Selfridges. Mm-hmm. And what are your plans for the business going beyond that? So we have literally, as I said before, growth has been really very quick for us. Um, and we are currently selling in the UK um, in Europe, uh, France, Netherlands, Germany, Spain, Italy, wow. um, Ireland, and then also in Australia, New Zealand, and America. Wow. Yeah, but so we've kind of gone for small um, retailers, so who can kind of cover the training because training is really important. If you're selling something, it's really important that you can you understand the product that you're that you're selling. So we're kind of working with small um, retailers, and so I think basically we're just going to look at solidifying our. Um, our audience and try to capture some some new people in the areas that we already are um, and our growth in America at the moment we haven't really invested much time because we haven't really had much time mm. so America's kind of like the new pl- the new space for us breaking America yeah absolutely absolutely fantastic. Yeah. fantastic can you tell me now about a mentor someone who's really been instrumental in your career and how they help you today so do you know what I don't have a mentor but I have some core people that I will talk to. So I think I mentioned before, Chloe, who introduced me to the guy that I work mm-hmm. with now. She has her own, you know, she's worked in beauty. So I think at the very beginning, I, I you know, Chloe was really instrumental in helping me. Um, and, you know, I st- we still speak now. We like call each other up and go, right, so what are you doing? Who are you talking to? Do, you know, and basically share knowledge um, uh, about social media, all sorts. So she's been really helpful. And I suppose actually, if I was going to, th- and from a business perspective, um, Richard, who who helps me create my products, has been, I, I, he's a totally inspirational man. Um, and um, he's a real hippie and I, and I love that. And we just have these really great conversations and, there was a time, I think it was about two years ago, where um, Whole Foods had approached me in America and wanted to take me globally. Um, and um, it was basically a minimum of 270 stores, a maximum of 500. But they have this free fill policy, 
really boring, but basically what it means is that for every unit, that um, every product that you have, you have to give them three free units. So yeah. I was like, this is amazing. I've always wanted to be in Whole Foods in America. This is really amazing. Mm. But how the hell am I going to do it? You know, it would have cost me an investment to get into the store about £100,000. I just couldn't do it. No. So I was kind of umming and ahhing, trying to work out what to do. And I phoned Richard and I had this conversation with him and he just said, Michelle, don't do it. Mm. Don't do it. Because, you know, if they take six units, three of them are going to be free. How long are they going to be sitting on the shelf for? How, how quickly am I going to recoup that money back? And it could have basically broken us. So I had to walk away. Wow. But so Richard has been, and on a business level, really, um, really helpful and really supportive Wow, fantastic. Michelle, it's been so great having you on as a guest on Secrets of the Side Hustle. Thank you for coming on and talking about Bouclem. How can listeners find out more about the company? Um, Yeah, so, well, you can check us out at bouclem.co.uk. We're also on Insta where we do loads of talk about all the new launches and campaigns that are coming up. So, yeah, that's the best place to find out about us. Fantastic. Thank you, Michelle. Okay, thank you so much, Carla. Wow, what I learned from this episode is that no matter what age you are or what stage you are at in your life or career, it's never the wrong time to start a side hustle. If the idea is there, just go for it. Thank you all so much for listening. And of course, please subscribe, share and rate the show on Acast, Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you indulge in your podcast habit. Make sure to tell your friends and family, especially if you think this podcast will help them with their own side hustle. I've been Scarlett Russell, and this has been Secrets of the Side Hustle. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.